a lot of these bitches are Wendy's sons. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's no disrespect to a lot of people, but I mean, think about like watching, say, like I watch what happens live or, you know, some of the Bravo programming that like Andy Cohen hosts. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of Wendy in his delivery and conversational style. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he obviously has his own unique appeal too, but I don't even think you get Andy Cohen if you don't have someone like Wendy. Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Brittany. And this is For Colored Nerds. The weekly show where we peel back the layers of Black culture we rarely discuss in mixed company. So today we're talking about one of the most controversial, legendary, polarizing, iconic voices in celebrity gossip to date, Wendy Williams. Yes, be Wendy Williams. Look, lover or hater, Wendy has kept us in a chokehold since her early days in radio. And in a world of Hollywood unlocks and shade rooms and Charlemagne's, Wendy's found a way to cut through the noise with her unique brand of pop culture commentary. But as of late, Wendy's public life has been plagued by health challenges, a messy divorce, and an abrupt canceling of her show. So as of this recording, she hasn't had the chance to give us an official goodbye. So we decided to look back on Wendy's career from the highlights to the very very low lights. And we even invited a friend of the show and host of Keep It, Ira Madison III, to help us out. All that and more after the break. When I found out I was going to be a parent, I immediately felt a lot of anxiety and worry. So I went on to BetterHelp to try to look for a therapist to help me with that. My relationship with my family and with my boyfriend and with myself were suffering. I really needed help. I was ruminating a lot. Really getting those thoughts out to a therapist and getting feedback was just life-changing. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with SiriusXM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with SiriusXM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So, Eric. Yeah, what's up? I think it's safe to say that 2022 has been a banner year for celebrity gossip. Jason Lee. <laughs> oh, my God. And the of queen? Hollywood Unlocked fame <laughs> said the queen died and everyone almost believed him. Not going to lie. I kind of. I almost believed him. <laughs> I almost believed him. There was some doubt there. You know, obviously, Will Smith, he slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. <laughs> yes, um, he did. Kanye has been on a very strange, like, stalkery publicity tour of Kim Kardashian. Toxicity is the is the single. Yes, toxicity is the single. Um, yeah, and he's kind of just not let go of their relationship, which has caused a, her, I imagine, but also a lot of us, just a lot of public turmoil and t- distress. Rihanna and ASAP Rocky, pregnant. Dave Chappelle tackled by a random guy at one of his comedy shows. Like it, it, it's it's been a weird year so far. It's been too much, to be honest with you. <laughs> I need a break. 
Can we have a quiet June? Okay, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I actually think, honestly, now more than ever, that we desperately need the voice of the one person who can make sense of all of this mess. The one, the only, Wendy Joan Williams. Clap if you think she should suffer. Nobody's impressed by that. We're all looking at you like you're crazy. Jen Garner, I don't, I, I don't know this woman. She's an icon, she's a legend, and she is the moment. I think it's safe to say that, like, if you are an American, especially a Black American with a TV, you know who Wendy Williams is as a daytime host. You know, sadly, this year she has been off the air for almost a complete year due to some mm -hmm. serious health challenges, financial woes. You know, and recently it was announced that her daytime slot would actually be taken over by Sherry Shepard. At this point, the latest is kind of that she's trying to get a podcast deal which is wild for someone who's like an icon of TV. It's not looking good mm. for Wendy right now. It's not looking great for Wendy right now. Although I happen to have faith in podcasting, I'll say. It's maybe a safe you wanna, space maybe for her. you want to reflect some of that. <laughs> but um but I think Wendy would have a fire podcast. She would. But yeah, I mean, I mean we're in this place right now where, you know, the Wendy Williams show appears to like quietly be coming to an end in spite of like enduring love from audiences. But what can't be stopped is the endurance of Wendy's legacy. Mm. I mean, whether you love her or hate her, she will possibly forever be the queen of daytime, especially that daytime celebrity gossip format. Like, yeah. look, you have Oprah in the afternoon. Do you know what I'm saying? 4 p.m. <laughs> Eastern, 3 p.m. Central. If you want to, you know, remember your spirit or learn more about John Travolta or something like that. God bless her. I watched Oprah every day. But when you get that 11 a.m., Wendy Williams telling you the mess, the gossip, the drama, scandalizing you, I mean, you can't top that. Like, like her interviews were That's zany fair. and unpredictable. Her hot topics, hot topics, they were just reliably spicy. And like, she never learned how to pronounce Dua Lipa's name. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do a peep. She got she to gotta just own that now. She, I think she has to answer to it now. Do you know what I'm saying? But I mean, like, this is the thing. Like, like Wendy, she held us down. Nobody does mess like our girl, Wendy. So today we're going to do a deep dive on Wendy. The highs, the lows, and her everlasting appeals. Let's get started, shall we? Yes, let's do it. So Wendy Williams originally started in radio back in the 80s, but she became really famous when she became a host for the New York radio station WBLS in the early 2000s. And the popularity of that show eventually got her the attention of VH1, who created like a short-lived reality TV series around her um, that like, you know, aired on VH1. That's how I learned of her from watching that reality show. Wendy was huge for her to be like a local radio host in New York, have a VH1 reality show, you know, have a syndicated, a nationally syndicated radio show. I mean, this was a Black woman who had a nationally syndicated radio show. It was a big deal. Which is a feat. It is a feat. I mean, there are very few radio shows that become nationally syndicated, really and truly. So yeah, I mean, Wendy Williams broke through sort of the local New York radio scene, which is pretty big in and of itself. So she conquered New York, then went national. But I think what got audiences really to fall in love with her or to become attached to her, I guess I should say, is the way that she mixed delivering celebrity gossip with just being a real provocateur. 
that's probably a, I think, polite way to put it. Wendy was going to get up in people's business. She was going to ask questions that sometimes she truly absolutely had no business asking. She was going to phrase things in ways that might get you fined or at the very least canceled yes. now. And like she just was always going to go there. Wherever there was, Wendy was going to be there in the middle of the shit. You know what I mean? Getting her hands dirty. She scratched that itch, I think, that that people always have. Everybody wants to be involved in celebrity gossip. Everybody sort of wants to talk shit about celebrities and what's going on in the news. I think that's why people love people like Joan yeah. Rivers and Kathy Griffin. Like, there's always that role, I think, in celebrity culture of that person who's going to make fun and poke fun at people in a way that gets audiences excited. There are people, who I feel like, who are just good at walking the line. Wait, say more about that. Well, just like, I feel like she has always tried to walk the line of, you know, there's these folks who are like, they're trying to be provocateur, but also trying to just kind of appeal to like our our base interest in kind of the mess mm-hmm. of other people and celebrities. And let's be honest, that, that line is a very dangerous one. And Wendy has not always <laughs> walked it well. People really enjoy, you know, like how she like toes that line of knowing some wild shit and saying some wild shit about the people who we all kind of obsess over. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's interesting because like, I mean, I do think on some level, there is like some love or like some humor, at least behind a lot of the things that she says. I mean, but sometimes Wendy just says stuff that was like indefensible, (laughs) just completely out of pocket or like directly meant to offend somebody, which resulted in her kind of, you know, getting into these clashes with celebrities that she covered, like Whitney Houston, who could forget when Wendy got Whitney on the phone back in the 2000s and Whitney was like threatening this Sangoon's to Wendy. <laughs> but yeah, but Wendy also has had uh, infamous feuds with uh, celebrities like Omarosa, Nene Leakes, I guess who are also kind of some contentious figures in their own right. But I mean, truthfully, sometimes Wendy has said and done things that are indefensible. Like uh, she had weird things to say as far as like defending R. Kelly against yeah. his accusers. She's made plenty of homophobic and transphobic comments. I mean, honestly, part of the reason why Whitney and Wendy even had beef in the mm-hmm. first place is because Wendy was making attempts to publicize Whitney's relationship with Robin Crawford, yeah. who, you know, she did actually have a relationship with when she was much younger and they had a sort of complicated platonic romantic friend situationship thing, which was absolutely Whitney's business. And Wendy was, you know, making attempts to out her. Yeah. I think that actually is a decent reason to send the goons on somebody. Absolutely. Honestly. Typically. <laughs> Honestly. You know, and perhaps worst of all, when you really step back and consider um, the scope of this man's reach at this point, Wendy introduced the world to Charlemagne. I think that is maybe her worst. Yeah, I agree. That's her worst transgression. <laughs> so when I mean, we feel the... The, the effects of the most at this particular uh, point in the timeline. <laughs> I, I don't, I really don't get it. But I mean, you know, the other thing that's also kind of interesting about Wendy is Wendy still have this dedicated fan base that loves her. I mean, it, it almost feels like, you know, people kind of don't take whatever she says that seriously. And so they're kind of willing to engage the camp and the fun and the Wendy of it all in exchange for sort of overlooking some of the things that she says that are clearly unhinged or bigoted. I mean, truthfully, Wendy Williams has like a pretty strong LGBTQ 
fan base? Yeah. That's been part of the, yeah. mo- the thing that's like most surprising for me for, you know, considering some of the things that she has said in the past. There are still so many, like that still feels like a part of the core of her fan base, you know, is the LGBT community and specifically maybe even black gay men. And they still rock with her. I mean, it's been, it's kind of fascinating. But the thing that I feel like I've noticed is like, like even before we get to kind of this year, you know, where she's been really mm-hmm. just gone. I feel like I've picked up on a kind of a cascade of things that I feel like they've been happening to and in Wendy's life that are mm. a little sadder, a little darker. You know, she's been in a like very public battle with Graves' disease, and we've kind of seen that affect her at many points, causing her to take time off from the show. You know, like a lot of people have been worried at times if she is struggling with like her mental health. You know, at times she can be, mm-hmm. she can space out. We watched the dissolution of her marriage and, you know, with the, like, with the kind of the uh, context, because she, you know, talked about a lot, that this was a huge part of her personal and professional life. You know, she had a husband. Mm-hmm. And then to top it off, a lot of people have really just wondered, is she struggling with addiction in relationship to all that? So it's like, it has felt like, in general, I feel like it can feel hard to be a Wendy kind of like fan. But I feel like lately mm-hmm. she has really kind of, she's been going through it like the past few years. Yeah. I mean, you know, on one hand, Wendy is this woman who's really spent a lot of the last year for various reasons. It seems like unable to really um, speak or tell her full truth about the very difficult time that she's been living through. She has not been able to have access to like her main way of communicating with people, which is her show. And she's been out of the public eye. It seems like recuperating and dealing with probably some other stuff that we're not even aware of. But on the other hand, I mean, she is this broadcast TV legend. I mean, she's only one of a handful of women in the National Radio Hall of Fame. I mean, she's had a reality TV show. She's had a hit daytime talk show, which is a very hard market to crack into and build a fan base. And she's also a best-selling author. I mean, shoot, you know, she had her life story told by Lifetime. Only some of us can hope to (laughs) to have such an accomplishment. (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, taking all of this into account, it's, it's time we reminisce about the icon Wendy Williams, how she hooked us, why she's so hard and easy to love. And if there's anyone, anybody out there that could possibly ever take her place. To do that, we asked the only person we know who's actually been a featured guest on The Wendy Williams Show, TV writer and host of the Keep It podcast, Ira Madison III. The View always needs to bring in a heel, you know, to like, like the conservative voice, like to battle with them, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Wendy can do battle by herself. (laughs) She she can. Okay, Okay. she's the face and the heel. Okay, wow. You do not want to miss our chat with Ira about the hot goss queen. So just hang tight, y'all. We have to take a very quick break to pay the bills, but we will be right back with a whole lot of mess. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate (laughs) is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. 
This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Life doesn't have a pause button. That's why Capella University's FlexPath learning format lets you set your own deadlines and adjust them if something comes up. Imagine how a flexible education can make a difference for you at capella.edu. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with SiriusXM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with SiriusXM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Ira, it is always a pleasure. Welcome to For Color Nerds. Hey, thanks for having me. The reboot. The yes. reboot, yes. <laughs> the new thing. <laughs> uh, well, we're so excited to have you here today uh, because we are going to engage in a little bit of a roundtable about the woman, the legend, the icon, sometimes divisive, many times divisive icon <laughs> that is Ms. <laughs> Wendy Williams. So to kick this off... Clap if you think she's divisive. <laughs> <laughs> that that round of applause would, it could start a tidal wave that would like turn into a tsunami. Like it's just... It would exactly. change like weather The patterns. world. <laughs> but to kick off our conversation, Ira, how long have you been a Wendy... Fan, I feel like saying fan, like any, even even as somebody who might consider themselves a fan of Wendy, I'm like, is that the right word? Uh, but how long have you known and, and loved Wendy, and what is your favorite Wendy Williams moment? So, I feel like I've known about Wendy, you know, since I was a kid. I mean, like, I feel like we all knew about the Whitney beef. Mm. Oh yeah, you know. Um, yeah. But I was never like I never like listened to. Wendy, like, when she was on the radio. Uh, I I was just, like, not a talk radio person, like, in, like, high school, you know, in college. (laughs) Uh, I feel like the only thing I listened to in the car uh, with my grandmother was the Tom Joyner morning show. (laughs) And usually only 10 minutes of that. (laughs) Yes, yes. The way from from home to school was all I ever heard of the Tom Joyner (laughs) morning show. Uh, (laughs) That and, like, V100s, whatever VJs were there, and then, like, sometimes, like, a Carson Daly, like, or Ryan Seacrest, like, Mm -hmm. you hear them, and you're like, cool, people are having a long-ass conversation. Um... (laughs) All, all morning, uh, but you just hear a snippet of it. Very different from podcasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then at some point, I feel like I started watching, you know, the show, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at some point became obsessed with the show. And, like, I it w- wasn't regularly watching it mm-hmm. every day. But, like, you didn't need to watch it every day because th- the clips would come on the next day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I was always watching a Wendy Williams clip the next yes. day. Favorite moment? Well, th- this is going to be self-serving. <laughs> Go for it. 
My favorite moment is when I was on the Wendy Williams show. Mm. <laughs> uh, but it's also kind of sad because it was. It, I went on right before the pandemic. Mm. Ah. Um, it was at a roundtable uh, in the hot topic section. And host of Keep It podcast. You've been here once. No, I've, we've never met. Never. Because when I heard your, you don't look like an Ira, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but this is Ira Madison. How you doing? I'm good. Good. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. All right, let's have some fun or criticize people or something. <laughs> when it ended, she like whispered to me like, "You were great. Uh, <gasps> I'm gonna have. I gotta have you back. I gotta have you back." And then the pandemic happened. Like oh, no. a month and a half later, and I never got. For to what go it's worth, I would have loved that for you. You know, like I, I yeah. Know. yeah, yeah, joining yeah. the circle with Bevy and Wendy, yeah. and you know all the other roundtable. Sherry Shepard stole my spot. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is this, I, I hope this is like your official beef announcement. Yeah, to Sherry yeah. Shepard. Like, Sherry, I got beef. <laughs> She'll be like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Eric, what about you? What about you? How long have you been a Wendy fan, and what's your favorite moment? So for us, it took me a while to get to Wendy. I also didn't really get a chance to listen to her kind of talk radio stuff. I came to mm-hmm. her around the time the show started. And I used to watch, and Brittany, you know this, I used to watch The View hardcore during, in mm-hmm. college at Howard. Mm-hmm. And mm. my last year at Howard, the Wendy show debuted. And so, you know, daytime TV, time in between class, avoiding class. I'm like, let me watch. Let me see what this is. Black woman on TV. Ira, as you mentioned, the clips started popping up after. <laughs> and those things... <laughs> <laughs> started to distract me. I think even that first year or like somewhere around that time, like I caught the HBCU, like where she was kind of coming out against HBCUs, just just talking all outside of her neck, didn't even realize what she was On saying. On the other hand, you know, I would be really offended if there was a school that was known as an historically white college. We have historically black colleges. It, what if there was the N... National Organization for White People only. There's the NAACP. National, by the way, what what is the C? Colored, we're still using colored? Like I get, look, everybody's quiet. (laughs) You're leaving me out here. And at that point, I was just like, wow. I don't know how I feel about this person, but like, (laughs) man, they have my attention. She has my attention. And I think that was kind of a lot of the way I had her kind of almost in periphery. And it wasn't to be straight up until I was in other relationships. And even, I think, Brittany, you and I got closer. And just like, I started talking to more of the women in my life about Wendy. That I started to understand how, like, you, sometimes you need a good villain. They like I feel like you guys connected it for me to, like, the heel in wrestling. And I mm-hmm. feel like around mm-hmm. that time, she kind of clicked. And at that point, I was like, okay. I see where she's going for. I see where she's at. And I think I'm kind of here most of the time. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's the perfect way to describe her, though. You know, like, because mm-hmm. you brought up the view. The view always needs to bring in a heel, you know, to like, yep. like the conservative voice, to like to battle with them. Right. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Wendy can do battle by herself. <laughs> she, she can. Okay. okay she's okay. the face and the heel. Okay. Wow. That is so true. She is both the face and the heel. She is half people's champ because Mm -hmm. we love Wendy. I think one of the things that makes us love Wendy so much is that like, 
she puts herself like I think in our shoes a lot as like the mm-hmm. the audience. Like one of the things that I think is inherent in people who do like gossip reporting, I think is kind of how what I would describe as what she does or gossip entertainment is like you have to kind of put yourself in this in the shoes of the viewer. Like you don't acknowledge the fact that that in some cases you're also a celebrity. And I like the fact that I think what we all like about her is like we all talk shit. Like I talk shit, you talk mm-hmm. shit. You know what I'm saying? It's what we do. And Wendy kind of is like, it's okay. Also, I have the scoop. Also, I have connections. Also, I'm going to bring these people up here and ask them the rude question that you've always wanted to hear them ask and Mm -hmm. just watch them squirm. That makes me want to root for her because she kind of takes these people who like, in many cases, like she's just regular insulting them. And it's like, (laughs) well, they're rich. They can handle it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and, and she kind of brings uh, she she brings them sort of into the playpen with all of us, and it's a laugh. And I think that like the best Wendy guests know that, and they have fun with it. Or even in the case of someone like Whitney Houston, who like totally had this beef with Wendy that like was going to get physical. Like I think that when Whitney called up Wendy and Wendy had her on the line, and she was like, "You need to watch your back." Like I do think that Whitney maybe meant that actually. Wendy, I love you because you support me and um, you've been you've been good to me on the radio. However, you know, watch what you say, baby girl. But Whitney, watch what you do. And if I you know, know it's not you don't even know what I do. Like you said, you never met me. You don't know me. You ain't been in my house. You don't live with me. You don't sleep with me. You don't do shit with me. But talk about me. So watch what you say. That's all, baby girl. That's all I'm asking you is watch what the fuck you say. But Whitney, what baby? I would love to have you come in the studio. Okay, love. And we'll make it big. You call my machine, I'll call yours. I would, I would love to be able to. All right. Read your body like. <laughs> But still, oh, she definitely meant that. She, she meant that. Definitely meant that. She said that with her chest. But still, Wendy's main goal was just to keep her on the line and to keep mm. all of us entertained and to like hear this side of Whitney that maybe Wendy was privy to, but the rest of us weren't. <laughs> um, she always is kind of like in service of the audience to a certain degree, and I just think that you can't help but root for she that. She always wants the audience's approval too. Yeah, you know, like that's why. Like yes. I love when she's like, "Clap if you agree." You know, yes. like she'll yeah. always be like. Is any does anyone else agree with this? Yes. Well, you didn't mention Eric. Is that mm-hmm. you and I have been to the show before? Yes. So, you know, I, <laughs> we were the audience together, and I've been one other time with one of my very best friends, Susie. Who <laughs> I've never met a bigger Wendy fan than Susie. She got tickets mm. for us to go one time. This is back when I worked at an office job in Manhattan. I was one of the only people of color in my office, and I was definitely the only black person. Mm. And I had told my uh, I told my job like that I had a doctor's appointment. I was like, I have a doctor's appointment. I'm not going to come to work until like, mm-hmm. you know, 1230. Because, you know, you in order to go to the Wendy Williams show, you got to be there at like six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And you have tickets and wait in the line and do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so we went and like, they tell you to wear bright colors so that you can be noticed and seen. So we wore like neutrals and like gray because we didn't want anybody to know that we were there because we said that we were at the doctor or whatever. <laughs> they ended up putting us, uh, because we're black and Asian, they put us in the second row. <laughs> <laughs> and like they, the camera hit us several times, but you know, I mean, it's possible that at that point in time, Wendy Williams was the most divided hour in America uh, because none of my coworkers knew who she was. They did not see me on the show, but literally every other person in my life, like every black person was like, did I see you on Wendy Williams this day? My uncle was up watching the rebroadcast 1130 PM that night. And he was like, did I see you on Wendy Williams today? And I was like, you know what? You absolutely did. Um, I first learned about Wendy from Wendy Williams is on Fire. It was like a VH1 reality show that they put on in like the 90s or 2000s. 
Clothes gone. Might I say that you look wonderful in the Kanye West video? My name is Ella Mae from Mobile, Alabama. Thank you. Do you hang out in the hip-hop circles? In what? The hip-hop circles, you know, with black people. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Can you just please turn slow? That was just broadcasts of her back when Charlemagne was still like her sidekick. Uh, it was just mm. a broadcast of her sitting in the studio doing her radio show. So I don't think she mm. was syndicated in Detroit. Correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe she was when I was like during the hours in which I was. So in she's to blame um, for yeah. Charlemagne. <laughs> she, oh, she is very much to blame. Yes. Sadly, she is very much to blame. Sadly, she's very much to blame. <laughs> she did. She uh, did that to us. <laughs> yes, she did that. But yeah, I saw her and I was like, this lady is wild. And then when she got her show. I started watching it a little bit, but I actually more so watched it after college when I graduated and didn't have a job. I just think she's a great talker. Like she's just good at just running her mouth and also is really good at, out of not just being the villain, but making villains out of other people. The My favorite Wendy moment, I think it's a recent one, but the death to them all. About Britney uh, Spears. <laughs> <laughs> father, like her whole family. Death. To them all. How dare you, Mr. Spears? You had me fooled. And you too, Mrs. Spears. Death to all of them. I love that moment because, like, she's on a a, a classic Wendy rant. It's so good. She's Mm. like, it's. I love when she, like, picks and chooses. When she just wants to be, like, enraged Mm. on somebody else's behalf. And she just kind of issues just, like, like, a read at the audience that's really meant for somebody else. In this case, it was the Spears family. People were with it until she said death to them all. And then people were just like genuinely shocked. <laughs> they and gasped, I love those moments. They gasped. And then I love that she even she even goes, <laughs> even, or she's shocked that she said it. <laughs> it's because I feel like that happens often. She's just on a roll and just going. And then it's like, oh, that's where mm. we landed? Great. She's a talker, yes, because she also comes from radio, right? And like mm-hmm. talk radio, you are on talking on a show for hours yeah. in the morning, you know? Yeah. Like, that's your your job. So translating that to TV, she just talks in a way that people who are specifically trained for TV hosting do not. Her show starts with her getting up there, and before, like, any guest comes on, before there are hot topics with a round table, mm-hmm. she is just carrying the show mm-hmm. for 20 minutes yeah. by herself. Yep. Often without a commercial mm-hmm. break. Like, that's another thing that's important. Like, they let her go until she is tired. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. then that does not happen very often, especially in daytime TV. To come back to Wendy a little bit, like, we all know that, you know, she has had her uh, absence from this show starting last summer. But even before Mm -hmm. that, we have seen her kind of struggle over the past few years. Her uh, battle with Graves' disease. We've wondered if she was maybe like struggling with her mental health, dissolution of her marriage that connected to her professional career. You know, some have rumored like struggles with addiction. And so it's all kind of like added up to Wendy's show being there, you know, without her and seemingly the end of her as like, uh, you know, media gossip mainstay. And I guess we're just curious, like, how do we all feel about that. How do you feel about the idea of that space without Wendy? Well, I'm glad that they're at least ending it and like giving like, you know, like starting a new show for Miss Sherry. I didn't really like that period where it was just like she was gone. Mm, yeah. And it was weird. And they had all these guest hosts, you know, I'm just sort of like, maybe she could come back on her terms, mm, you know? Yeah. Um, mm. 
and I hope she does. I'm like, listen, even if she doesn't have a show, I'm like, drop the podcast, sis. I'll listen every day. <laughs> but can every day? Can't she go back every to that every day? Like I would too, but I almost like I worried for her. Would that feel like a bit of a, you know, a step down? I said there's a podcast. I love podcasting. I'm just like, you know, but <laughs> goddamn, the woman's been on, you know, been an icon on daytime TV for like decades. Over mm-hmm. a decade. I don't know. I we she needs to go out in a big way. You know, like we mm. need a primetime special. Yes. You know, we need like we need like the Wendy yes. Williams, like we need the finale. Hundred percent agree. hundred percent agree. I don't know if we're gonna get it. I don't know either, because you know, when I think about actually like what a big place she takes in the culture. And the fact that her show is ending and other circumstances that it's that it's ending. This is normally a situation wherein you would call up Oprah mm-hmm. and then Wendy goes to Oprah's backyard. They talk about her, you know, her mm-hmm. biggest moments. And, you know, and then we kind of get like that 90 minute, two hour special, like kind of like what you're talking about. Maybe we have maybe it happens in a studio when we have some mm-hmm. of like and Jerry O'Connell comes, <laughs> like, you, you know, you, and we you all have a laugh Oprah- together. But I don't think Oprah would be in her backyard like that. Oprah does not fuck with Wendy. It's also interesting how much they feel like they represent like two very opposite sides of the coin, too. You know, like it's interesting how often Oprah doesn't come up when people are talking about Wendy. When maybe like you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like they should be in conversation more. Obviously, Oprah is Oprah. Like don't don't get twisted. But I do think that. Wendy you know? is Wendy. Exactly. And Oprah has exactly. Um, foisted charlatans on us too. <laughs> yes, so. we're still dealing I mean, with Dr. Dr. Oz. Dr. Phil. And Dr. Yeah. Yes. Dr. Oz. Okay, John of God or whatever, that guy who claimed that he was healing people and doing the psychic right. surgeries. I didn't forget about that, Oprah. I didn't forget <laughs> about that. Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yes. Tr- Trump is here endorsing Dr. Oz as we speak. It's like, oh, Lord. goodness. So Lord. Oprah's legacy is not, it's not as clean as sometimes, you know, she likes to have us mm. think with uh, Megan and Harry mm-hmm. in the backyard. Yeah. Mm. It's so true. It's so true. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up legacy, Eric, <laughs> because, you know, Wendy is Wendy. You can't talk about Wendy without acknowledging her complicated at times, but undoubtedly huge legacy. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, to kind of explore that a little bit, I- I'd like to talk about those things that we think that make Wendy feel so Wendy. Ira, what's one thing that that you feel helps to speak to Wendy's unique appeal? Wendy is relatable. Relatable in the sense that, like, you know, we record Keep It every week, same time, you know? There's times where I don't want to record that damn show. Uh, as much as I love it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, like, there are mornings you wake up, you're like, I don't want to do yeah. this, you know? <laughs> Wendy is relatable. Those days, she'll walk out in house shoes. <laughs> like, her, like, her, you know, her, like, coat, just, like, sit down. She's like, yeah. we doing this today. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you know? ain't seen yeah. one hot topic in advance. It's not engaged. <laughs> like, who is this? <laughs> I love too when hot topics come up, and she'll be like asking, like she'll be asking Norman, like, I who love is it. this? I like. Well, I've actually, one of my favorite moments was it was after Phoebe Waller Bridge had won <laughs> for Fleabag, and you know, like essentially Wendy being like, shout out to her, and being like, has anybody seen Fleabag? <laughs> <laughs> she's like she she just basically being like congrats to her yeah sorry to this sorry to this man i don't have it for you <laughs> who else 
else is going to do that on daytime TV? People are too composed. I think for what's right, that relates to what my thing for her is. It's like she has this unique ability to like put her foot in her mouth in some ways. Like so often that mm. it actually feels a bit like a skill. You know, like Wendy saying ridiculous things. Like, I know inherently there's only a certain level of seriousness that I am supposed to take. It can, like, cause some dissonance because I'm like, I'll listen to her say something like death to them all, Brittany, you know, as you mentioned. (laughs) And I'm like, whoa, that is really intense. Then I remember, okay, who am I listening to? You know, like, who is saying this? And then it comes back to, well, you know, that's just Wendy. And I think that is, like, that level of not taking yourself so seriously in that context is like, to your point, like that relatability, it's so admirable to see someone so willing to kind of let themselves be the one called out just for the purpose of like the fun. That is a skill. Mm, I mean, similar was, do you remember when she was talking about um, Georgina Chapman, Harvey Weinstein's wife? Oh my gosh. Should she suffer? All right, clap if you think she should suffer. Oh my God. Oh my God, yeah. It's like, how do you say that? And yes. Oh my God. But that's what I love about her though. Like the thing that I love the most about Wendy. And I think the thing that people connect to so much is that she's just such a great talker. And she knows how to talk about something and around something in a way that creates a moment around it. And I mean, even Mm -hmm. sometimes she can be crude on one of my favorite moments. Dula Pete. So there's a woman that you know as Dula... Huh? Her name's Dula Lipa. Yeah. But you call her Dula Pete. Dula Pipa. (laughs) Her name's Dula Lipa, but you call her Dula Pete. Dula Peep, I'm sorry. <laughs> All I'm saying is I'm on your team. Okay. Like, just committed <laughs> to not saying that girl's name. But there's like a lightness to most of her delivery that is really skillful and that a lot of people, even someone like a Joan Rivers or something mm-hmm. like that, haven't been able to master. I mean, the other thing, too, is like a lot of these bitches are Wendy's sons. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> And that's no disrespect to a lot of people, but I mean, think about like watching, say, like I watch what happens live or, you know, some of the Bravo programming that like Andy Cohen hosts, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of Wendy in his delivery and conversational style. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he obviously has his own unique appeal too, but I don't even think you get Andy Cohen if you don't have someone like Wendy. On that note, there are a lot of folks who I feel like I have tried to step into a little bit of what that Wendy role is. Obviously, Charlemagne. Today, Jason Lee, you know, maybe Tasha Kay. Andy is on that list. I'm I'm curious, like, Ira, for you, like, what, what keeps people from being, like, from getting to the, like, that unique space that Wendy occupies? I mean, she's funny, too, right? Charlemagne is really <laughs> funny. I wouldn't call The Breakfast Club funny. Yeah. No. It's, yeah. uh... It's there, you know, people watch it, but uh, but I'm just sort of like, what you're pulled into with Wendy, though, is like a different vibe, mm-hmm. I mean, you know? Like, yeah. you don't get that in the breakfast club. You know, yeah. I mean, that's a round table, too. Like, you don't get all that in one person, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Andy Cohen isn't even that engaging as a person as Wendy is, yeah. you know? Like, because mm. he doesn't really play the heel. He brings the guests on to do that. 
It's interesting with even like the kind of Jason Lee or maybe even like or Jason Lee in particular, like cause I, I watch a lot of the love and hip hop. And so I've, you know, I've been experiencing him for a while. <laughs> and then also to see Hollywood Unlocked kind of have its rise. Rise and fall. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is coming. Yes. It is coming, <laughs> coming soon. <laughs> But it's, it's interesting because, like, he can seem very connected to it, but also removed from everything at the same point. Like, the thing that mm. I liked about Wendy is she was in the middle of it, but it also kind of made sense. Like, with Jason Lee, when the whole queen thing happened, like, wh- wh- is the queen dead? It was also just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was I an amazing that. saga. To your I point, though, it, it was yeah. nobody in hell believed that Jason quite had the source in the, you know what I'm saying? Like, in the that royal family. It. it was like, who was talking to Jason Lee? Exactly. <laughs> but when he announced this, you'd be like, oh, she's dead. That's what I'm saying. It's you'd as be good like, as it, Wendy it's knows good somebody. As, exactly. It's like Associated Press, Wendy, TMZ. I'm believing Brittany, for you, I what stops it. folks from getting to the space Wendy occupies? I think that one of the biggest stumbling blocks is that a lot mm. of people want to be famous, which is not to say that like Wendy doesn't like, you know, I mean, like, you know, I'm sure she having been to her show and seen how she can turn it on in front of the audience. But I think that she puts the quality of the show and like the enjoyment of the audience over wanting to be famous in the same way that the people that she talks about and gossips about are. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times gossip people are really intent on kind of spinning out their own brands and, you know, attending red carpets on their own merit and, you know, appearing on other people's TV shows and selling self-help books and all that sort of stuff. Like how many self-help books that Charlemagne written? It's, a, it's, a, it's yeah. more than two, I really? think. I, I don't yeah. think I got past Black Privilege, it, like the title, <laughs> the title of Black Privilege. It was, <laughs> was where I was done. <laughs> but but yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, the, I think that Wendy is number one in service of entertaining and maintaining her audience and not so much about being liked, such as being watched. And I think a lot of other celebrity gossip people like, you know, the Charlemagne's especially the Jason Lees, Tasha Kays, I think that they're really concerned with building up their own brand and having people like them as well. And that's just not how it works. Like, I think a lot of people dislike Wendy and some people have legitimate reasons for really being upset with some of the things that she said or done in the past. But there's a lot of people that just don't like her because she talks a lot of shit, period. The thing is, though, is like, that's the business. And I think that there are people who want to talk the shit, but also want to be kind of like America's sweetheart. And that's not how it works. Additionally, you know, I'm glad you brought up like Instagram and and TikTok and Twitter and all these things. The fact that Wendy has been able to make daytime appointment television continue to work despite the rise of all of these other ways for people to get the sort of information that she's been delivering for decades. Like that just speaks to the fact that people are showing up because they need that unique flair. It's not just the dirt, but it's the delivery. And I think that, yeah, that you can't get that delivery if you're if you're worried about whether or not, you know, another a celebrity is going to be friends with you or mm-hmm. whether or not people like you. I mean, meanwhile, Tasha Kay is losing lawsuits to Cardi B, where she's made false statements, you know? That's it's the like, thing. Yes. When Wendy, says, when Wendy says shit like that, it's like, it's she's making she's dragging people, but like it's always like she uses the truth. She's not getting sued. Yeah. 
She no. walks up to that line and she's very like, I feel like a lot of folks don't quite know where that line is. It, it's based on a level of innuendo that is smart mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. like where it can go and where it can't unique and interesting. Like she just, she knows what she can do and she's going to do all of that <laughs> and nothing more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder, Ira, thinking about Wendy's legacy and sort of the close of this era, and also too, just, you know, as we have been discussing, there's not really anybody that can fill those shoes that we know of right now. How do you hope people think about Wendy and the legacy of her daytime TV show? Oh, she's remembered well, you know? Let's be honest, that Lifetime movie was like. <laughs> So, yeah. we're like, yeah. I want the hot Wendy series, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the Wendy radio era. Let's get that as, like, a primetime limited series the way we got The Dropout, you know? We've yeah. got Inventing Anna. Like, I want mm. that. Inventing Wendy. Mm. Don't yeah. let Shonda be in control. <laughs> <laughs> Inventing Anna was not good. Uh, so, whoever wrote Scandal, <laughs> let's do that. Sign them up. I want more of the documentary style. Like, I kind of want her to have, like, it's just her voice and somebody really going through each era with her to, like, get a bit of the, like, details around the periphery that, like, we know she has. I kind of just want to set her up almost like that Vulture interview with Quincy Jones where he just was like, all right, I don't care no more. Let's talk about it all. And I think that Wendy, if she can get to that point, I think having some of those details sandwiched in a really good retrospective of her really wild career, I will watch that. That's like the last dance. She could be, she could be, she could have MJ's The Last Dance. Yeah, The Last Class. <laughs> the Last Class. watch I would actually watch both of those honestly like I think about the fact that she like really came up as somebody who was doing like black celebrity and like hip-hop gossip in the 90s and like what a wild time that must have been I think about everything that she's gone through from like some of the stuff that she shared about like her difficult relationship with her mother to some of her struggles with addiction and her health and you know the dissolution of her marriage and you know what she went through as a woman who had a husbander, which is never a good idea. I think we've seen time and time again. Um, she has really fought to get there and she's fought to really maintain it. And I'd like to see some of that fight really spelled out because, I mean, she's one of one. You know what I mean? She is absolutely one of one. I think it would be just be such a missed opportunity while she is still with us and willing to talk about you know, her life. Um, I think it would be a missed opportunity if if somebody didn't get that down because I'm sad thinking about the fact that um, that I'm never going to be able to go and be out there in the audience again mm-hmm. and see her do her thing. Who else is about to do that work? I don't know. I mean, you know, when did you just say you were good, Ira? Is that a baton pass? Like, are you next? <laughs> no, I'd get shot <laughs> on TV. <laughs> I'm not trying to fight. <laughs> I'm not trying to fight after work every day. Okay. <laughs> If today's current Whitney, like, wanted to fight with me, <laughs> if they were like, I'm going to pull up, I'd be heartbroken. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. For College Nerds was created by me, Brittany Luce, and Eric Eddings. It's supported by our production team at Stitcher, including producer Alexis Williams and social producer Elise Ellis. Marcus Hom is our engineer and Peter Clowney is head of content. Our theme music is by Willie Green. 
And look, y'all, we love hearing from our listeners. We love you all so much. So please connect with us and tell us what you thought of this episode. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at For Colored Nerds. And never miss an episode by following us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with Sirius XM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.